It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Good morning, Elevate Church. I'm feeling a little liturgical this morning. So I have got more props than Mark was aware. The first prop, it's a little predictable. Unfortunately, it's not gluten-free. We've got this. Oh. Oh. Get ready. Oh. Does it look liturgical? Apart from the bun, uh, this has a bit of significance. For a couple of years, uh, my wife and I was financially supporting an evangelist. And when we joined the team, he sent a cross. And I thought, well, that's, that's very, very thoughtful. Uh, this has even more significance. I don't know if I told you the story, and I, I might leave it for another time if I haven't, but this was given to me by a neighbour who I had a confrontation with a few years ago about a tree. Hello. And he received a few years of um, frustration and I, I really embarrassed my wife because she heard the confrontation. Uh, I probably embarrassed God. I'm sure God just went, oh, Rob, stop, stop. And in a nutshell, I, I told this guy that his house is an embarrassment to the whole street. But, and, and it was. And then he said, and you call yourself a Christian. Oh, it worked. I, in his presence, I asked for forgiveness. And then I said, I, I think your wife heard. Uh, so I went inside and I said, oh, please forgive me. I've had a dispute with your husband. I, I got the impression she said, oh, you're not the only one. But anyhow, <laughs> that night he came in with this as a way of saying, I'm also sorry. Never did cut down the tree, but, um, but it has a lot of significance. And even though it was a very low time in my Christian witness, as a result of that, um, it is another story. We end up being very, very close. Breaking bread is an interesting term. We probably don't use it a lot. Hey, uh, do you want to break some bread next week? You know, we might say, hey, do you want to come over for a meal? Do you want to go for a drink, whatever it is? But we're going to look at something that has been around for thousands of years, this idea of breaking bread. The idea of having a meal, whether it's as a family, whether it's inviting neighbours, uh, friends, and this idea of when, when, we, when we do that, it's actually more than eating. So I want us, before we launch into this message, I want you to think of one of your most memorable meals you've ever had. Now, we've had a lot of meals. You know, for those of us in the 60s and those a little bit older, uh, you've had thousands and thousands and thousands of meals. But can you just go, there's one meal that's memorable. Memorable for all the good reasons, you know, that sense of inclusion, love, celebration, laughter, storytelling, amazing food, or... Memorable because that was a time mum and dad revealed we're separating. Or every meal was a time where there were arguments and, and it was just like, ah, 
So what was it about the meal for you that made it memorable? It may have been the food. Uh, growing up, certainly in our, probably my early teens, takeaway became a thing or going to restaurants. Up until then, you know, it was fish and chips and we couldn't afford that. And eventually there was a Chinese restaurant. So the first of my life, I'm probably 13, we go to this Chinese restaurant and we're having chicken chow mein and all these other... I had no idea chicken could taste so good. It was just remarkable. And then probably 20 years after that, someone said, oh, let's have some Thai food. I said, oh, never had Thai. I've had Chinese. Oh, my goodness. It was like... You know, a little bit of burning happening, but it was just like, this is incredible. So maybe your meal, the one that is most memorable is it was about the food. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're not spiritual. It's just like, hey, God created food and to taste good. For others, it was the occasion. Maybe as a kid, it was a birthday when you turned 10, double digits. (laughs) Yeah, turning a teenager. Wow, you know, you remember that or... Could have been Christmas. Or was it the company? Was it with your family? Was it a a hot date or a family reunion? Whatever it is. But let me share one memorable out of all of the thousands of meals I've had. One for a very unique reason. I was about 10 years of age as a family. There's mum, dad, uh, four children. I've got three younger sisters. We're living in a very unassuming suburb, 40 kilometres west of Sydney, very low income, multicultural, uh, mainly, you know, blue collar worker type of place. And so we're doing that. We attend the local Church of Christ. Uh, if you know Sydney, it's near a place called Blacktown. So we attended Doonside Church of Christ. Now, if you want to Google Doonside Church of Christ, it is a very unique building. Don't do it now, though. So here I am, 10 years old, and we have a family over for dinner uh, from our church. Uh, A couple in their 30s and three boys under the age of 10. And so here we are, the 11 of us, having this meal. And this family, in less than a week, about to get on the Indian Pacific and go to Western Australia to a place called Norseman to be missionaries to Indigenous people. And it was just interesting because as a kid, I remember uh, missionary, missionaries coming back to Doonside because we were very strong in supporting missionaries and they'd be on furlough and they were given five minutes to show some slides and try and capture the last five years of life, of all their work. And it was quite insulting, you've got five minutes, but these guys, I don't know what it was, they, they showed lots and lots of slides and too much information, too much detail. But here, here was this family you know, kids sort of similar age, and they're about to be missionaries. And so there was this child wonder of, whoa, I'm not just hearing, you know, watching a presentation, slides, we're having a meal with a family that are missionaries. And then I had a thought, oh, God, you wouldn't do it to us, would you? <laughs> it was the first time the, the, the idea entered, like, what if God sends us and we're the family visiting another family the week before? Anyhow, it was just, but that was a meal I will always remember. So this idea of breaking bread. Now, today we don't break bread. We, we sort of tear it or we might carve it. But back, if you go right back to the first references to breaking bread, 
It was bread that had no yeast, so it was called unleavened bread. It was thick, and, and you couldn't tear it or cut it. You, you broke it. There was a, a crackle, you know, sort of snap, and then, then you dip it into the olive oil. No, no, no. But basically, the very beginning, the first references is in the context of the tabernacle, a portable temple that the priests would break uh, on the Sabbath, and, and they would have the bread on the table signifying... God's presence. God is wholly present with his people. When they had a permanent uh, temple under Solomon, they, they also had, you know, the breaking of bread on every Sabbath. And the idea of there is God's presence with his people. One of the, the tangible ways of God is wholly present with his people. And then we come into the time of Jesus from the Last Supper, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. Then everything changed. Uh, the breaking of the bread referred to the Lord's Supper or communion or the Eucharist. It comes by different names. But also the breaking of bread, you can find biblical references in the New Testament. And it was about sharing a meal. In fact, sharing a meal and breaking of the bread was actually part, usually in a home, was actually part of the, the, the same uh, moment of having a meal with families and friends and breaking bread and remembering Jesus. When we look at meals and the life of Jesus, he had a number of different roles when he began his public ministry at the age of 30. I mean, up until that time, he, he would remember many meals with his uh, earthly parents and his siblings, times they would go to Jerusalem for uh, up, you know, a Passover or you know, all these other different celebrations where families would often go on this pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But here is Jesus uh, in his 30s. He's ushering in the kingdom of God. And so much of Jesus' ministry happened in homes and during a meal. And Jesus had different roles. And not so much his one role and then his another. Jesus was very fluid in his roles during meals. Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. And so there are times that Jesus was a host and other times Jesus was a guest. So let's start with Jesus the host. It's a little challenging for Jesus because Jesus never owned a home. We read in Luke chapter 9 verse 58 that foxes have holes or dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus was mobile. He was nomadic. He relied on hospitality. But even though Jesus didn't own a home and so he couldn't have people over, it didn't stop Jesus being a humble host. He sometimes was a host in the open by a lake. And we read about Jesus feeding a crowd of 4,000 to 5,000 people. I mean, that's a lot of people to be the host. And with a few, you know, loaves of bread, you know, we read that Jesus broke the bread. You know, he gave thanks, gave it his disciples, and then just watched the kingdom of God come as these few loaves are multiplied. 4,000, 5,000 people were full. Uh, they had gluten-free, they had multigrain, they had ancient grains, you know, all sorts of different types of bread. No, there were no issues back then. A little, little more simple. So there are those sort of examples, but I want us 
leading up to Easter, to look at the time in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, where Jesus instituted the Last Supper. So the night before his crucifixion, Jesus, uh, he asked a number of disciples to do some preparation and a lot of that preparation was very supernatural, the way they found different things. They then found a home available, top story, so probably the lower story was owned by a wealthy family that had an upper room, large, so you could have a large group. You could rent it out. Maybe they've been there before. We don't know. But here they are in this upper room on the Thursday night, and we read in verse 14, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Think about that. I've been waiting. I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to breaking bread with you, to having this Passover meal with you before I suffer. I mean, who, who, who says that? We look forward to meals. There are times we really look forward to a meal. You may have been doing a bit of manual work, doing some sort of project. Maybe you're too busy in the office and you haven't eaten all day and you're going home and your, your tummy is rumbling. You've been surfing for a couple of hours, bike riding, whatever it is. But we know what it's like where, oh, I, you, you got the shakes and you eagerly desire. You don't necessarily say, I eagerly desire to eat my next meal. But this language, Jesus saying, I eagerly desire to have this meal. Before I suffer, this meal is going to be a turning point. Judas will betray Jesus. Peter will deny Jesus. Jesus will be arrested. Jesus will be interrogated. Jesus will be insulted. Jesus will be humiliated. Jesus will be tortured. Jesus will be crucified between two criminals and Jesus, he who is without sin will become sin and he will cry out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's got an idea what's ahead, but he's still saying, I could eat this alone. I could have some time of solitude, but I want to have this meal with you. And there's going to be more than food. This meal you will always remember. You see, when they had the Passover, and God's people have been doing this for centuries, for thousands of years, it's about an event in the past, a very dramatic event where through Moses, he led God's people out of slavery in Egypt after hundreds of years, just over 400 years. And, and there's all, you know, a lot of symbolism. They didn't have time to, you know, had to, to get some food, but they didn't have time to put yeast in. And there were probably some other spiritual reasons. So no yeast, no waiting for the loaves to rise. It was just unleavened bread. We're out of here. Significant event. And the angel of death, of course, passed over because they had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. So lots of significance with the word Passover and the Passover meal. So Jesus is having this meal. He's doing what Jews have been doing for a long, long time. But everything changes. You see, this old meal is about to become a new meal. There's going to be a new covenant with a new commandment. Love like Jesus. 
Everything is going to change at this moment. So after washing his disciples' feet, and as Mark said, it wasn't just, you know, dust and dirt. You know, the, the, these roads weren't sealed. And so you've got animals going over them all the time. So you've got animal, you know, all that stuff. So washing feet was a big deal. You didn't have your Nikes on. You didn't have socks or anything like that. It was, it was dirty. But because they're in an upper room and there was no host, Jesus said, I'll be the host and I'll be the servant. And so we read that he, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now the disciples have been engaged in the Passover, depending how old they are, every year for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. I've never heard this is my body. See, we're not looking. They're not looking at the past now. It has significance. But the past points to the present. Jesus saying this meal is different. I'm changing it. This bread is my body. It's not the first time he said something like that. Very early in his ministry, he said, I am the bread of life. And if you come to me, you will never hunger. And you can imagine people, like bread? How, how is that possible? Because it's all spiritual. And, and you really need the Holy Spirit in you to open our eyes and our ears to understand this revelation. Jesus is saying, you're not going to be cannibals. But something happens when we come together in the name of Jesus and we break bread together and we have this awareness. Unlike the Catholics, and it's not about right and wrong, their interpretation is something mysterious happens, that the, the bread, and that's why only a priest can, you know, distribute the emblems. It, 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 there is this sense of, oh, it is the body of Jesus. Now we say it's a symbol, it's an emblem, but let's not discount an element of mystery. Something happens. God's kingdom comes when we break bread. And Jesus is here, there, everywhere. He's always with us. But Jesus manifests his presence when we break bread. And he says, do this in remembrance of me. It's not about remembering Moses. It's not about remembering what happened in the past. It's about remembering this moment and remembering the Easter weekend. And the beauty is bread is just common. It, you know, it's common. It's, it's tangible. He didn't get caviar. He, he didn't, it was just something every day, break it or tear it or cut it, doesn't really matter. But do this in remembrance of me. Remember. Remember. And what is different about this, there is a simplicity. Because the Lord's Supper is all about Jesus. It's not about, well, should we still eat unleavened bread, you know, to keep this? You can, but you, you don't have to. So little wafers you get sometimes, yeah, wafers are fine. Is it okay? I go to a church where they actually have gluten-free, um, fine, but it's not about the bread. Oh, grape juice, real wine, could Jesus turn the wine into water? 
Maybe that would be cool. No. Grape juice, water, wine, doesn't matter. On Sunday, surely we got Sunday's good, Saturday's okay. Be radical. Monday. <laughs> so should everyone be there? Maybe, maybe not. Do you need a priest? Are women allowed to? Yeah. My mum did it once in the early 70s. Oh, she got scolded by the elders because dad was sick and he couldn't. He was the pastor of the time. So mum thought, look, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Well, apparently you're not meant to. Somewhere in the Bible says women aren't allowed, but it's all about Jesus. Not when and how and how often. It's all about Jesus. When we do it, remember Jesus. Jesus, the host. Jesus was also a guest. Many times Jesus was invited. I shared one time when he was invited to Simon the Pharisee's place and there was an, a, a sinful woman and treated poorly. And so Jesus, even though he was a guest, he became a host. Well, let's talk about the road to Emmaus. It's Sunday night. We know the story. It's Easter Sunday. From their perspective, Jesus is dead. He's gone. And so Jesus, anyhow, catches up with a couple of disciples. They're on their way back to Emmaus. Done. It's good while it lasted. But, and Jesus gives the impression, he catches up and gives the impression, doesn't know what's going on. What are you guys talking about? What do you mean? What, what are you talking about? We're talking about what everyone's talking about. What is it? Jesus of Nazareth. And then they, they you know, talk about all this stuff. They didn't recognise Jesus. Was his face so brutally you know, swollen and you know, all the, the stuff that went on, they didn't recognise him? Was a resurrected body? Does it look different? Do you, you know, I don't know. Is it like, a, like cosmic surgery? I, I don't know. Did he have a glow of... I don't know. We're just told they didn't recognise him, didn't recognise his voice. Walking along, it's getting late, it's getting dark, and Jesus gives the impression, uh, oh, you're that's where your house is. Huh. Well, uh, good conversation. Um, I guess I, I'll keep going. And they go, whoa, no, no, don't, you can't keep going. It's too dangerous. Why don't you come over? Come to our house. So, okay. See, Jesus likes to be invited. So goes into their home, and they're the host, Jesus is the guest. But within, without them even knowing Jesus, he takes the bread. He gives thanks. He breaks it. He gives it to them. And in a moment, they had a revelation. It's Jesus. And he's gone. Mission complete. Then they said something interesting. Huh. Were not our hearts burning within us when we were on that road? And he took us through the scriptures. You know, we thought it was heartburn. But now we realise something was happening. It was Jesus with us, Jesus revealing himself. But something happened with the breaking of bread. Maybe they saw his hands, the wounds. We don't know. But I believe something mysterious. You know, God's kingdom came and they saw the risen Jesus. See, here is the mystery. We just see, oh, yeah, we might just demonstrate this. Mark, um, would you like to break bread with me? Sure. Sure. 
And are you celiac or anything? Yes. Okay, you'll be fine. We'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> I've got a really good prayer team. And so, oh, it's not the nicest bread. Well, I asked Karen to get me a really good loaf of bread. It's, it's a once-off illustration. Now, a lot of us think, oh, that was nice. Mark and Rob just had, had some bread together. But you see, when you're in the kingdom and you understand Eastern culture and Jewish culture, it's more than eating bread. This one loaf is in Mark and is in me. Jesus has been part of this fellowship. There is a kingdom intimacy that has just taken place. The one is now in the many. But they didn't recognise him. They didn't recognise him. How many times do we not recognise Jesus? In all of our busyness and all of the craziness of the world, with all the stuff we're going through, insomnia, dark times, moments of doubt and all that, and all the time, Jesus is wholly present. I am with you. This Easter, may we recognise Jesus, the glorious Son of God. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.